been a long weekend. Um, I was here as well as at a beautiful this weekend with the Christian Church Government and Classroom Crown. We were just me and my wife were ministering to uh, about 30 youth. It was awesome. Uh, the Holy Spirit came and did some great things uh, with the youth. Uh, Ten of them got filled with the Holy Spirit. Wow. Evidence and tongues and prophesying and youth leaders got healed. It was, it was wild. It was a little such a guide that we can. I know. <laughs> so let's pray before we get into the message today. Father, I thank you so much. Holy Spirit, you're awesome. You come to testify of the Son. So come and through me testify of the greatness of the Son. Come and have your way. And every soul in this room, and every heart, that you love dearly, Jesus. You're awesome. Come and bring your healing power. Bring all that you come with, Holy Spirit. We just thank you, Lord. I ask you for the grace to teach and just share your word. This is your word, God. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, some of you were here last week, and I want to just kind of piggyback a little bit on what I shared last week. Uh, last week's message was about every Christian being an evangelist. Um, the importance of understanding that God is working in your life to set you up um, to meet the sinner. And then you know, we shared about um, <clears throat> Philip and the eunuch, the Ethiopian eunuch. We also shared about you know, uh, Peter and Cornelius God was setting up divine appointments with people, and he's working on the soul winner and getting the sinner ready for this, these divine encounters. And um, I want to think back off of that, because I think the description that the Lord is laying on my heart, I've been kind of sitting on it for a while, and I didn't want to share it, and I just felt like a release to really share it with you guys. Uh, and it's kind of tied to this, and it's almost, it also is tied to what we've heard already regarding the Holy Spirit, about being supernatural and being filled with the Spirit. It's no coincidence that I just came out of an environment where the Holy Spirit was just being Himself. Uh, these youth were just ravaged by Him. It was awesome. Uh, so let's turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. So the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Um, so the, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but it is the power of God to those who are being saved. So let's scroll down to verse 26. We'll come back to verse 18. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of this world to put the shame of the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put the shame of things which are mighty, and the base things of the world, and the things which are despised, God has chosen, and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are... <clears throat> Bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. 
One of the things that I was beginning to highlight last week was the work of the Holy Spirit in the soul winner. And I really felt the Holy Spirit says there's some things that we need to address as a community in regards to how we view ourselves. And it's a critical passage here because God is highlighting the message. His message he's, he's highlighting the message in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, the message of the cost of foolishness. He's, he, this is the, the background before we get to the next several verses about our calling. And we have to keep that in mind as we go forward and when we look at ourselves. Because the big picture is the cross, the message of the cross. And all of us who are saved know that the message of the cross is a supernatural message. It's not something that man made up. <laughs> and I think this is why it's so it's foolishness to many people. It's like, man, this doesn't make a lot of sense in my mind. It is the work of the Spirit. It is a message from God's heart to the world. So this message requires a supernatural people to carry it out. So when we're talking about last week about the soul winner being prepared for the, for the sinner, God was really highlighting to me the importance of this passage of regarding our calling. So let's break it down a little bit. This is verse 26. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wives according to the flesh. I'll stop right there. So, the first thing he says that not many, he's not saying nobody who's wise according to the flesh. Century. He says that not many, not many people are called that are wise according to the flesh. So what is he talking about there? He's talking about your abilities. Your natural abilities. He says not many who are strong in natural abilities are called. He says not many mighty. And not many noble are called. So the word mighty there also is talking about men. This is, this is weakness. The Greek word is referring to someone who's strengthless, doesn't have power. And then the word noble is used. It's talking about, man, your upbringing. Man, you weren't born with a silver spoon in your mouth. You were born in the best of families. So he's saying not many of these groups of people are called. Some are. There are some like PhDs and people who are really, really smart that are called. We have one in this room. Praise God. <laughs> but at the same time, the reality is you say that not many of these people are called to it. Sometimes you read these scriptures like, man, why God, why don't you choose smarter people? Why don't you use people who have such an incredible ability? I mean, why? And he, and he hints, and he, and he goes right after it, shows us right at the bottom of verse 29, it says that no flesh should glory in his presence. The reason why God is calling the types of people that he's calling is because he doesn't want that person to take glory for his work. He says, I know the human heart. I know the tendency of people. So I'm going to not call many who are noble, many who are so wise in their abilities, many who are strong. I'm not calling a lot of those people. I'm calling people on the opposite end. And one of the challenges we face as Christians many times is we're striving to be these people. That God is not calling. We want to be noble. You know, people spend tons of money on, on, on appearance and all these different things. We want to be smart as, as much as possible. And I'm not saying education is an issue. I'm talking about the motives as to why we do these things. God specifically goes after people who are dumb. I mean, that's the Greek word. Literally. And I don't mean insult anybody. I'm sorry, but there's a lot of dumb folks in here, 
is the reality of it. Listen, listen, now look, at, look at the theme here from verse 26 to verse 30. What's the word that jumps out a lot? Someone, let's participate a little bit here. What's the, what's the word that's repeated over and over again? Or the phrase? God has chosen. God has chosen. God has chosen. God has chosen. Listen, when we fight the realities as to why we were called, we're basically saying, God, you've not made a good decision. When we fight the realities, I mean, listen, it's okay that you're not the smartest guy in the room. Really, it really is okay. It's okay that you weren't born in some rich family, that you didn't have everything paid for. It, it really is okay. It's okay that you're not the strongest person, mentally or physically, in the room. Because this is the people that God is looking for. Because he wants to highlight something. There's something that he wants to highlight through your weakness. Because in your weakness, you are depending on the Spirit to bring forth a spiritual message. Listen, this is the work of the Spirit. The Gospel is, is, is incredible. God dreamed this up. He declares it into the world, but He's looking for people who are not going to take credit for it. And guess what? We're living in the culture today that is taking a lot of the credit for the work of the Spirit. Taking a lot of credit for something God only has done. So let's turn to the book of Judges real quick. I love the Old Testament. I like to say that once in a while. It's wonderful. We're going to have a, a wonderful example here in the book of Judges in regards to this. This is a famous scripture in regards to God choosing Gideon. Listen again, he's choosing someone. Now it says. <clears throat> Verse 11, chapter 6. Chapter 6, verse 11. It says, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the chapel of the tree, which was in Oprah, which belongs to Joash, the Abyssalite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, Oh my Lord, if it is the Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers have told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us from Egypt? But now the Lord has spoken to us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord told him and said, Go in this mind of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? And then he says, and he said to him, Oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest, and I am the least in my father's house. So God goes after a guy who in all the tribes of Israel, his clan is the weakest. And he's, I mean, he's the weakest, I mean, he's the weakest of the weakest, basically. And God says, dude, you're the one I want to use. And he's fighting guys like that. It can't be me. It has to be someone mightier than me. Someone more smarter. But God says, no, you're the guy who's going to deliver Israel. Let's move over to chapter 7 real quick. Look what it says here. Then Jeroboam, that is Gideon, and all the people who were in this with him rose early and encamped beside the well of Herod, 
so that the camp of the Midianites was on the north side of them by the hill of Moriah in the valley. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. Lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, and my own hand has saved me. Saying, My own hand has saved me. It's an interesting passage. Gideon is fired up. He's got about 32,000 people with him. He's like, Let's do this. Let's do this. And God says, Hey, you gotta eliminate. There's too many people here, bro. You gotta get rid of these people. He's like, I can imagine the streets. He's like, What are you talking about? We're gonna go into battle. I need as many hands and feet. I mean, everybody needs to be on board here. All hands on deck. And you're telling me you want us to eliminate the group of people. Why? Here's the key verse. Remember, the Judges is a very interesting book. It is actually a picture, a revelation of the human heart. Let me explain to you why. The cycle in Judges is the people sinning against God. Well, let's start with the other part. They're with God. Everything's cool. Lovely. They forget God. They forget Him. All of a sudden, they start sitting on the stuff. God proclaims judgment. And then it comes in. They get on their knees. They're like, oh God, help me. Help us. We'll, we'll serve you. They start making promises. And all of a sudden, God raises the judge, delivers them. They're like, hallelujah. And then back to forgetting again. And right back into the same cycle. Over and over and over. This is the kind of thing that God is trying to bring up for our lives. Most Christians live in this pattern and they're not aware of it. They have this, okay, God, you're good, you're awesome, things get tough, you walk away from God, you forget about Him, you do your own thing, sin happens. The consequence of sin happens. There's consequences of sin. You can't get mad at God because you walk away from Him. But that's what most people do. Sin is having its way. You go on your knees. Jesus, come and help me. Somebody uses, God uses somebody in the Bible to teach you, to speak to you, prophesy over you. You get filled. You're like, oh, hallelujah. But something happens. You start drifting away again. It's just happening over and over again. And I really believe the reason why this happens is because of pride. Because somehow along the way, you claim glory for yourself of what God can only do. And this is why He's okay with stripping you. Of all these things. He's, a, he's totally fine with it. I'm going to take all of this away because now there's 300 men getting in. What are you going to do now? Are you going to still trust me? Because he's running after Israel saying, God did this, and we are convinced of it, and we're going to stop backsliding. This is the issue. Man, I got to stop backsliding. Because I, I start taking credit for my, you know, God's word, I get prideful, and all of a sudden I'm back in the cycle. I mean, thank God he's so merciful. Because if you look at the book of Judges, he keeps visiting them. He keeps raising up, raising up a judge. He's showing how faithful he is to them, despite the cycle they're in. He keeps going after them. Like someone was praying earlier. He just keeps going after them. But this is not the Christian life. This is not the destination that we should be content with. That we arrive in this place where we're like, man, I, I'm good now. Jesus is happy with me. And we're constantly in this cycle of pride. He specifically says, lest they claim glory for itself against me. 
saying, my own head has saved me. So how does this relate to 1 Corinthians chapter 3? How does this relate? Well, 1 Corinthians chapter, I'm sorry, 1, is specifically talking about the types of people God chooses. And if we're not content with why he chose us, how he chose us, what are we going to do? We're going to try to add on to our resume and try to prove to God why we're qualified. This is why we qualify God. Because all these things that I've been doing. And guess what that is? That's pride. You're trying to, listen, the Bible says in Romans 5 that while we were still without strength, Jesus Christ died for the sinner. He died for the ungodly. While we were still without strength, we had no chance of getting right with God. He dies for us. So why would we think that after he died for us and chose us, that we would have to add anything in our flesh, anything to our flesh, to convince him that we're qualified? Why would we say, hey, I need to add this because, man, I'm just, I, don't, I don't feel qualified. I don't feel good enough for this. One of the interesting things about this weekend was with these youth was the simplicity of their faith. They had issues. They had issues. But man, once they realized the Holy Spirit was a gift from God, they're like, I want the Holy Spirit. And they weren't thinking about all these things they had to do. They just, this is it. This is what I need to have. I need the Holy Spirit. But when we're called to try to improve ourselves through our own abilities, and we even at times condemn ourselves because we're not strong enough. We're not smart enough. We cut ourselves off from really being filled by God to deliver the message that comes from His heart. We look at ourselves so long saying, man, I don't qualify to, to preach the gospel. Because of all these different things that we have listed in our minds that God is not concerned about. God chose you because you were weak. Because you weren't the sharpest hat in the drawer. He's totally fine with that. He's not second-guessing his decision. He's like, man, I don't know if this is the right thing to do. He's not reneging. You know, this is in spades. <laughs> he tried to take it back. <laughs> no. God made a choice. This is why this scripture is so wonderful, because he's chosen, he's chosen, he's chosen, he's chosen. One of the effects that happens in this when we're living through this lens of trying to improve ourselves, that we don't have to qualify, it's just comparison. We begin to compare ourselves to other believers. We start to align ourselves to different groups because they're more anointed. Because this group is wearing around the world. We end up putting ourselves in a position where we disqualify ourselves from what God wants to do in our lives. We're so concerned about what we see, that God has committed to work in your life to do, to change. Philippians 1.6, he's faithful to finish the work he started. He wants to do this work, but not in your abilities this work going to be done. A full surrender is required for God to deal with this. I was telling the youth over the weekend, uh, some of us will read the book, uh, Reese Howell's Intercessor, and how Reese Howell's um, when they, people would go see him, when they were arrived in town off the train, they would ask the people, like, who's the guy with the Holy Spirit? This is how they would find out where his house lived. 
Who's the guy with the Holy Ghost? And they'll be like, oh, he's over there. That's Mr. Hobbes. This is the kind of reputation he had. Because he understood that, man, I need to be consumed, possessed by the Holy Spirit. And when we catch ourselves in this little, this, this verse is maybe small, but man, you know how many Christians are in these verses right now? Caught up in their weakness, caught up in their lack of mental ability, in the physical. I mean, caught up because I grew up on the south side and my mom was this and all that. All this stuff we bring into this situation. God's like, I'm not looking at that. I'm not looking at any of that. I love the story of the centurion soldier who has the sick servant. And the, the, the rulers, the Jews are saying, man, this guy's worthy, man. I mean, he takes care. He loves our people. He's the man. He builds the synagogue. And he sends messengers again. In his behalf, he says, listen, I'm not worthy for you to even come under my roof. But that didn't, that didn't stop him from saying, but only say a word and that's certainly be healed. See, you can look inward and say, man, I have some issues I've got to work on. That's understandable. That's good to examine yourself. But it should never lead you to not trusting God. It should never be the reason why you say, I'm not going to trust you. Because, again, in the background of who he's calling, the cross is right now. This is the background. The message of the cross. The cross has nothing to do with me. It really had nothing to do with you. In so many ways, it's the work of Jesus Christ. It's his work. It's his ministry. And that's why it's so beautiful because it eliminates your flesh. Your flesh has nothing to do with the cross. If anything, the cross crucifies your flesh. That's the issue. In the background of him calling you, hey, this is how I called you out of the world. The background of the cross is behind us. Speaking to us, the man, thank you, God, that the cross is there because now I do feel qualified because of the cross. I don't have to rest and meditate what I don't have. What I do have is the message. And I have the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit wants to possess me to deliver the message. I cut myself off from delivering this message when I'm caught up in my weaknesses. In my resume. Which God is not looking at at all. Challenge for us as a community is to understand that God has called you to be someone. He's called you to be the temple, and you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's how for some people to receive. That I'm actually the temple of the Holy Spirit. And if you think about it in the Old Testament, the temple was the place where people went to go meet God. So the believer is the place where people should be encountering God. Why do you think he's drawing them to you? These sinners who don't know the Lord. But see, when we're caught up in our weaknesses, we're not filled. We're not possessed. We're possessed and filled with our inadequacies. And the things that we, we fall short of over and over again. They're like, come on, fill me, Lord. But your meditation is mad. I'm not qualified. Your meditation is mad. I, I come from uh, 195th, and my mom's this, and my dad is this, and this and that. And that's the meditation. And God said, listen, I don't care where you come from. You, you're perfect for 
exactly the one I'm looking for because that kind of person will clearly give God the credit he's due. Because this had nothing to do with me. You remember the youth father was me this weekend? Man, you know, that's what I'm saying, you know. That's what I'm saying. And I was like, you know, I've been, I've been in the Lord long enough to know. I mean, that's just, I'm not understanding. But, you know, at the same time, i got to guard my heart. Some people start thinking that. Yeah, it's me. It's my devotional life. You should, you, should, you should check it out. I was full of, full of fire. Well, the reality is, it is one of the greatest assets in the kingdom is availability. I told them right off the bat, I have made myself available to the Holy Spirit. And I can list out all my faults on a piece of paper, but I will not allow my faults to keep me from looking at my availability for this is what I want. I want to meditate on the fact that I've made myself available to him. Because he's taking care of the faults. He's working on them. That's the work of the Spirit. I don't have to spend so much time worrying about all these things. God's never going to use me. He said, no, 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 don't be caught up there. I called you with all of this. You came in with it. It's not that you're, you're some perfect Christian and then you're descending as you know it. You're not descending. No, 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 no. That's how it works. If anything, you, it, the, the grace of God is, should be humbling you. It teaches you not to deny ungodliness and to, to release these things to the Lord, to trust Him. Get in and learn how to trust God. Trust me. Those things are not true. 
It's a lot to bit about. Look at Jeremiah 9. One of my favorite verses in the scriptures. Uh, Jeremiah. Verse 23 says, Thus says the Lord, let not, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches, but let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth, for in these I delight. If we want to glory in anything, it is that we know Him. That's what we glory in. What we want, if we want to boast in anything, we boast on the cross of Jesus Christ. That's what we boast in. Because this is why we're here, because of the cross. And again, these abilities and things, they can be useful for the kingdom. But that's not where we rest in. That's the issue. We don't put our faith in our abilities. We don't put so much stock in what we don't have, in our intelligence, in our power. We boast in the cross of Jesus Christ. We boast and glory in the fact that we know Him. That's what we boast in. For some of us here today, I really felt the Lord wanted me to share this because this is the battle that you're in. Constantly looking at what you're not doing, constantly looking at what you don't have. But God is not looking at that. Paul, you know, he makes that wonderful statement in Philippians 3 about, you know, if anyone can boast about his resume, I can. A Pharisee of the Pharisee. I had all these things going for me. And out of the tribe of Benjamin, he just starts listing it down. But he says, listen, I consider that done. That's all garbage. Compared to the surpassing value of knowing him. So Paul had a very healthy balance. To say, listen, I do have this background. And it was useful for him. But at the end of the day, that was not his focus. His focus was knowing him. His focus was the message of the cross. And for us, when we turn the page and let these things go, I really believe we're going to see gospel working power. We're going to see the glory of God. But we got to get over these things that we, we, we highlight so much. When God is highlighting the cross, the fact that He's brought you in this. Yes, we have our weaknesses, and man, we've surrendered to the Lord. But those weaknesses do not qualify us. They qualify us. They should call you to a deeper place of humility and dependence on the Holy Spirit. He's waiting for that. He wants the world to know that it's Jesus. And it's not you. He's cool with that. He's like, listen, it's just totally fine. It's totally fine. If you find yourself in a position where you're feeling weak and you're feeling, no, no, turn your attention, your gaze on Him, on the finished work of the cross. It's finished. And we don't need to try to add anything to it. We're not going to make it look pretty, we're not going to make it look better, we're not going to make it sound better. No, no. He doesn't need any of that. He doesn't need your flesh. He's looking for a full surrender, though. I don't know for you guys, but man, 
coming out of this weekend with these shoes, I was like, man, I don't want to even feel it again. I was so important. It was awesome. And I want to challenge you guys today as a community. You know, I, I want, Benny, if you have some music, I'm done. I'm, I wasn't going to go long. Um, you guys have anything we can play? And what we really want is to examine ourselves. Take a few moments to pray and just really ask the Lord, what are the things that we feel, maybe the enemy is hiding in your life, that has made you feel like you're not qualified? That you really couldn't move forward in your walk with Christ? Maybe you don't think you're smart enough, maybe you don't think you have a background, you were born in the right family. There's a lot of things that come into this. The challenge for us is to be real about these things and really give them to the Lord. Trust that the cross is enough to qualify you. The blood of Jesus Christ is enough to qualify you. And then you can boast in His greatness. You can be, you can be comfortable even in your own skin. Put like that. You're going to be okay with the fact that you have these things that you need to work on. Because God is right there working with you in the midst of it. We have to let, we can't be judged anymore in these matters. It's not our place to judge ourselves that way. If God has chosen you, and I believe he has, then he's made the right decision. <laughs> he's made the right decision. And that's got to sink in deep in your hearts. Deep in your hearts. Do you have anything to pray Let's take some time. I'm going to pray. And if you, any of you need prayer this afternoon, if any of you want to be um, want to, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, um, you can call up here and we can get down to some business. <laughs> I want to challenge you guys. This is, God wants you to be filled. He wants you to be possessed. But these are a major roadblock. A major roadblock as to why we're not filled. So Father, I thank you so much for every person here. I pray that Lord Jesus, the, the cross of Jesus Christ would be the, the cry, the boast of their heart, Jesus. Your cross would be the boast would be what they rely on, what they trust in, with their entire being. And Father, I pray that, Lord, the things in their hearts, even now, that while I spoke, you highlighted, I ask you even now to give them faith to look at you in the midst of it, to trust you, because you have called them to yourself, God. You have called them to be supernatural people. They are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You want to possess them, Lord. So I thank you right now for the things that are being served in our hearts even now. That this community will be one that is, is captivated in love with you, Jesus, like never before. In the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, everyone, thank you for the blood that qualifies us for everything you call us to do. Everything you call us to do, the blood of Jesus qualifies us for. So we thank you for it. You rested in, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So if there's anyone here who, who needs prayer,